go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. Welcome to Queer Horror Cult. Yes, yes, welcome back. So, I just want to, right off the bat, say that if anyone's first episode was last episode, so glad you came back. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, because that was a... Doozy. That was an episode. <laughs> it was a... Can't all be winners, is all I can mm. say. Um, the movies certainly can't, no, as we learned no. very well last week. We made it up to you and ourselves this week with our topic. Uh, so this episode, it's going up. Uh, there's something going on this weekend. A little, little something coming up. Yeah, I guess it, it's part of the weekend because they make it a long well, weekend. I guess it's the ass end of the long weekend. But it is Canada Day. And us Woo. being Canadians figured it's our patriotic duty Ugh. to actually recognize it. Okay. Yeah, okay is about the best you can do. Anyway, any excuse to have an excuse, right? Because this week we are talking Canadian slasher movies. And there are a lot. Yeah, there like, are more than enough to make one episode. Yeah, there's um something I guess maybe not everyone knows, but Canada has some great exploitation schlock coming out of it. Because uh, the tax incentive laws. That... Are no longer... Yeah, they're not the same yeah. anymore. But basically what happened is it made a lot of sense for people with money to invest in Canadian low-budget movies as a way to have a solid investment on their money. And out it's of this... to launder their money. <laughs> basically, it was like legal laundering. And it <laughs> resulted in some really whacked-out movies because what's cheap enough that people who, you know, they're not billionaires, but they got some money to invest... It's exploitation movies. That's what you could make for no money, right? And that's what you're going to get a return on your dollar. At least that was kind of the point, right? At some point, yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounded like. I don't know if that's still the case. Oh, definitely not. If yeah. It was, I mean, you can get a return if you can actually get something made and out there. But Sure. We're talking different times, Very for sure. Very different. And so what was funny about this is you got a lot of movies that they were trying to be like their American counterparts they mm -hmm. were trying to be your all-american slasher movies your your american exploitation movies they're canadian and they had these little weird idiosyncrasies that just kind of made them not quite right they're little in tells the american landscape yeah the tells it's perfect some <laughs> of them a lot more egregious than others but this is true so many of these movies they're just playing it like it's america and it reached a point where i i believe that you know the american slasher movie is definitely a canadian institution it's <laughs> kind of how it's gone mm -hmm. so just a couple little notes uh since he's not really a slasher director, we're not talking Cronenberg movies this week, which would have been a, an obvious choice for... Uh, Canadian horror more broadly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would love to do a Cronenberg retrospective at some point. It'll happen. He was my favorite director all through high school. And, 
University, and I still hold a very dear soft spot for him and his work. Uh, but it didn't quite fit into what we wanted to do this week. And another omission is we won't be talking about 1974's Black Christmas, which seems kind of wild because that was a pre-Halloween, aka the movie that invented the slasher movie. That was a pre-Halloween slasher movie. And so much of what's great about Halloween you see in this movie. And Mm -hmm. so it would have been another obvious talking point. But we have other ideas for an episode a little more focused on that. That and and it's fucking June. Like, sorry, I I love Black Christmas, but I really like... We're barely seeing the sun right now. It's so rainy. I don't want to think about snow and winter and yeah, fair all that bullshit. It's actually funny how, if I'm remembering right, only one of these movies featured winter. And, you know, that's so ubiquitously Canadian. That's true. That it's kind of funny that, you know, snow and winter just doesn't factor into that. That's part of the uh, let's make them American, mm-hmm. I guess. Because What's snow? You do get snow in parts of America and stuff, but Canada is just like half the year it's a tundra yeah and i I don't know i can't think of any really slasher movies off the top of my head that take place in like minnesota so (laughs) i could see some from there doing the snow thing too the minnesota moose hunter massacre dude let's do it just a canadian impression of a minnesota (laughs) um yeah so i guess let's start it off with uh, the first one we watched we watched 1980s prom night that's right, we did. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, oh, silence. Okay, this one is definitely riding the uh, coattails of Halloween and, and stuff like that in that it has Jamie Lee Curtis in it, mm-hmm. which might be one of the first indicators of this being your classic American slasher kind of thing <laughs> because she's like the scream queen yeah scream queen final girl is an institution kind of thing. This is her. And I... Don't know about you, but I felt like the structure of this movie's plot, she almost played like an afterthought. In a lot of ways. Like, didn't it seem like she was kind of absent from so much of this movie? A lot and of And I it, wonder yeah. if that was a budgeting or a star power thing. Uh, like, not trying to say that she was flexing on the filmmakers, <laughs> but like, uh, maybe this was so low budge that they're like, all right, we'll, we'll use our star very sparingly in kind the of thing. critical scenes with all the intensity and stuff yeah. i guess yeah because she she's good in it but it seems mm-hmm. like there is so much focus on the supporting characters there um, really is yeah I, I found myself wondering like is she supposed to be the main yeah. character we're not seeing her that much but then i found that was interesting because it made the supporting cast that was just you know the adding to the body count it made them feel a little more like characters mm-hmm. in the movie they're like, a little more fleshed out than what you would expect yeah so from supporting characters i don't know if that's necessarily a negative thing like i love mm-hmm. seeing jamie lee curtis in these movies but it's not quite the same with this one mm-hmm. and another thing i liked about her character is there wasn't any of that sort of like shrinking violet kind of Mm-mm. thing from her she was, that was very absent. <laughs> tough in this and very on the ball like when shit was hitting the fan she fought back yeah 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 um it was sort of relegated towards the end of the movie but uh, but it was I, still there <laughs> i found that quite refreshing mm-hmm. and especially for a 1980 slasher because this would have been sort of around the time of say friday the 13th and stuff like that but prom night this right from the title feels like it's very american kind of thing i was gonna say do yeah you have prom i, I was wondering that i um because i know i didn't have a prom at my school there was you know the grad party where people yeah like the grad banquet 
Oh, I was thinking, like, there was the grab banquet, but then there was the bonfire party where the teachers got some buses, took all the kids out to <gasps> oh, the Oh, like a safe grad kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, and they're like, bring your booze. We don't care that you're underage. Just don't... I love that your teachers did that. Yeah, it they was... absolutely did. Oh, it was, yeah. the... it was for, for mine. I mean, I didn't go because I was like, oh, yeah. No, I remember I, I had a classmate who was like, why aren't you going to safe grad? I'm like, I don't... Just thinking, like, I don't like any of you. I don't drink. Like, safe why would grad I... sounds like a Safeway brand grad. Yeah, no, it's that epitome of that sort of, like, white suburban parent that's like, if they're gonna do it, I'd rather they do it in the house. Like... <laughs> I like right? how, you, how, that, how you're so critical of that when I'm like, that was my go-to, like, when I was a high school, and I think it's why I... I you know, came out unscathed. Well, I, I, I'm not trying to be critical so much as poking fun at it. Oh, okay. It's just so he said it. It's just like, oh, man, that would be me as a parent, though. It would be mm-hmm. like, all right, if you're going to get fucked up, do it where you've got a sitter, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. No, I, th- I think there's something to be said as far as that, like, harm reduction approach. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I get what you mean. It's very uh, whitemom.com. Yeah, that very, like, permissive anything goes. Like, I've seen some people kind of poking fun at that recently, so... I, uh, it's kind of fresh in my mind being like, yeah, that is, that does seem kind of goofy when you take a step back. Um, anyway, yeah, we, so we had our grad banquet, mm-hmm. which is where, you know, cause you have, you have your grad, like convocation ceremony where you have the caps and the gowns and everybody goes up on stage yeah. and gets their I skipped diploma. that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to mine. It was at a church. I think I stayed in my basement and played Silent Hill 2 or something. Like a it's real way to go. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, the, and then there was the banquet, which you wear your nice dress or suit or whatever. I just get the idea that whoever was, like, organizing this for you, giving your impression, was just real salty and shitty about it. Well, we were real salty and shitty because the previous year's graduating class ate up their own budget and the budget for the next year, so we almost didn't get a fucking banquet. Wow. Yeah, That's yeah. rude. Oh, yeah. It was great, so... Wow, I love that I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought or felt anything about it in quite some time. I feel kind of bad that I didn't go to mine because we even made the grad video that they oh, played yeah. at it. And then it's just like, eh. What I loved, and I was so proud of this, was um, they because the students put together a video with all the like photos and stuff they got mm-hmm. from yearbook. And they had posted on Facebook beforehand, and I, I took a look at it. I was not in a single photo. And you felt good about it. I this. felt so good about that. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> it made me feel like I was doing something yeah. right. I was running in the right circles or not running in the wrong circles. I yeah. don't know. I just remember the one high school dance I went to. This is tangentially related, but the one high school dance I went to, the one thing I remember about it was that they played Good Riddance uh. by Green Day. And I'm pretty sure the song wasn't a new song at that point. But didn't you oh, say that that was, that was like... The song. That was your song when you were in high school? Kind no, of my. Of? I mean, that was a song I, you would hear like all the fucking time. Oh. Like I think all throughout the OOs, that was like the grad song. It's got longevity, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, my, my grad song was that... New Dawn, New Day, New Life by Michael Bublé. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, some, one group wanted it to be TikTok by Kesha. So I will take Bublé. <laughs> also Canadian. I, I guess, like, you're never gonna really get a total banger that you're like, this is 100% my shit. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, and it wasn't like I, a, I am completely unfamiliar with this song, so... Yeah, I, like, it, it's it's definitely not, like, something that if it came on, I'd be like, oh, fuck this, or roll my eyes. Like, it's not really my thing either, but it, it's also not, like, a bad message to take. Like, it's like, yeah, a new day, a new... Le-. Like, we're, we're out of fucking yeah. high school. Hell yeah. But yeah, there's, as far as prom and stuff goes, like, there was dancing, there was that kind of stuff, but it wasn't the prom structure that is so... No. 
ingrained. Ingr- yeah, 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 that's just so like pop cultural. Yes, and to make it makes me wonder. I'm like, does this even happen, or is it only? In... Is it a Hollywood thing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, does it exist? Did it exist before Hollywood? But, I don't know. I'm not. Tu- I'm not tuned in enough. Well, I guess to... that's some questions for our listeners. Is yeah. First off, are there any other Canadian listeners out there who think of prom as prom, like it's a thing they had, like you see in these movies, or is it yeah, strictly we're... an American thing? Yeah. And do they actually do this whole like prom king, prom queen? Oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, but... that's so weird. No, no offense. Car- Carrie invented it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, no, it's uh. But speaking of music and prom. The disco. This was 1980 oh, disco, and so good. Like there's this, the the setup, the main setup for the prom thing. Because whenever there's a prom or dance movie, a theme, there right? is a setup thing, yeah. and there's a theme. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's all the whole showing the setup of it, the putting up the banners in the yeah, gym. But this and... one, it was like we are shellacking the disco floor kind of thing. Like <laughs> like everyone's just like, damn, that's a great disco floor kind of thing. Well, it was. There's that part where that prolonged scene of Jamie Lee Curtis like. Dancing like disco. no one's watching. Yeah. And then someone's watching is like, is, are you practicing for prom? And she's like, I was. And then just bust some more disco. It's like, <laughs> this rules. Um, they have like the disco like jumpsuit style outfits. Mm-hmm. Like the clothes. It's very... I always think of disco as like late 70s, but 70s kind of thing. Like yeah. 1980 in my mind. And this is someone who wasn't even alive in 1980. Um, but... Going off of pop cultural references, I felt like disco was kind of shifting its way out the door. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of on the way um, out. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this one, but it's one of those things that that... Well, and especially for, like, white people, because I, you know, disco was cool for a while, and then we had some, like, racist backlash with the, what was it, the disco riots? Or something where a whole bunch of angry white men, like, burned a bunch of disco music because uh, it's associated uh, with black people. Uh, yeah, that's one of the re- that not being one of the enduring reasons dead. that people that people are like oh fuck disco music. It's funny in the same dad, way they're like fuck rap music. My dad has done like a, a one day. He's like he used to like hate disco back when disco was current, kind right? Of thing. And now it's just like fuck yeah, give me my ABBA. He's just man, I didn't know how good I had it then. Give me ABBA or give me death. Hell yeah, Mama um, Mia, queer I go again. But yeah, that part that sort of disco being on the way out makes me think of another at least from someone from now looking back it's like is that a little tell that this is canadian that they kind of <laughs> got to the the disco boat a little too late maybe because i mean it's yeah. never too late there's always a little bit there somewhere but it does seem from you know as people that weren't alive then a very like of a particular time like i felt like the styles they reminded me of earlier movies that mm-hmm. i'd seen kind of thing like especially the guy who he's got the fucking collar that goes to his shoulders yes and he's driving <laughs> that van with like the crushed velvet inside right. kind of thing it's uh it i guess just, it works he's but living it just, his best life yeah. i guess he he knew his style and he was like yep yeah, i'm committed to this and yeah good for him yeah but as far as slashers go, um, oh, I guess since we're talking disco, and I'll move us into slasher there, I loved how the killer's balaclava was sequined. Oh, It was, beautiful. like, sparkling, kind of like... See, even the killer dressed up for prom, Like, I don't know if that theme. was intentional or what, but there were several <laughs> scenes where we were chasing him and just had this glisten to it. It's like, this is so disco. This is so... This was so thoughtful. Yeah. Um, but this follows the track of there is a horrendous accident that is based on a prank gone wrong prank gone wrong uh, yeah kind of thing. The, back when they're children yeah when they're children and then someone uh biffs it because of this prank gone wrong and now there there is revenge happening 
Yeah, somebody, just, somebody. Okay, died. this one was weird. Five years later, because they're all. Oh, that little, was like six years later. <laughs> maybe six years later, but yeah. okay, let's say even six years later, they're all little kids in the start, and so they're like thirteen. No, not even. They're like twelve. Like ten. Okay, if it's six years later, they're like high school. Ten, eleven. So. Yeah. Ten, eleven. We'll say they're ten, eleven, kind of. Because yeah, they'd be like you know seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. At this point. Anyway, so you get these kids. They actually are age appropriate playing the kids, and then you bust to the present day, and it's the thirty somethings playing high schoolers kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like this this card of like six years later, and the kids we just these saw on camera all of a sudden it's Jamie Lee Curtis, fully and, grown adult kids, and like some older dudes, like this that one guy who's like the bully. Dude. Oh, the, yeah, the he dude looks who looks like he's forty five like... and like owns a wrecking yard kind of thing. And it's yeah. just like, are you a high school senior? Apparently, yeah, that's uh, something else. But then uh, you, it's, the structure of the slashings and stuff is pretty standard, but mm. not in a way, given the time this was made, especially not in a way that it felt like it was completely derivative. No. Like, it was definitely sort of a cash-in movie in that they have it themed around a date, like prom night being the event, the Halloween of this movie. You get Jamie Lee Curtis in it, um, and, you know, she was in a few of these movies, sort mm-hmm. of riding the coattails of, uh, I mean, deservedly so. I say riding the coattails, and that makes it sound like it's just, like, pure stunt casting. Right. I, I don't want it to, like, I think there was definitely a financial reason to get her in these movies, but yeah. she does the job. She does a good job in these flicks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have the sort of people, teens getting picked off one by one. And teens with a terrible secret. I mean, this this seems more 90s, almost, so it makes me think of, like... I know what you did last summer and right. stuff like that, but still, it, it's that like we can't tell anybody what happened. I suppose and there's then, a bit more focus on that than you often get yeah. in these movies. Like I think uh, that came a lot later. There were definitely a, some before, like I think the or I mean, after, like, more of a, like, like the burning and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. yeah, it very much is like how like, many of these screams? Or yeah, legends, like all those ones. Like, I think that like it, it obviously existed before, but it really became sort of like yeah, an institution. At the yeah, 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 more I think in the nineties sort of getting a real Agatha Christie kind of vibe going. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, when, when, there's a, when there's an accident during this uh, prank, as they call it, um, of course, they think, oh, we need to go get an, an adult. Like, something, this is terrible. What do we do? And the, oh, no, God, we, they're going to send us all to jail. We can never yeah, say a word to anyone. that accidentally killed someone. These Caucasian 11-year-olds. Yeah, even though it was, like, a shitty prank, but and it, it was, was an still ax- an accident. It was a genuine accident. Um, but, yeah, they're like, we're going to jail, so can't tell anyone. And I get it from the kid logic standpoint. Yeah, to- yeah that, is, that is pure kid um, logic. Yeah. But it's like, you, you idiots. You fucking won't. Like, you oh. fucked up. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I did want to comment on is this is the first of many instances of that sort of feeling you get when you watch these movies where you just wonder after a while, are the straights okay? <sighs> is the is heterosexuality flying its course or like did it kind of go off the rails a little bit? Because it's just winging it. Oh, there's a lot of that sort of egregious. Um, Oh, I'll let him make it with me. I have to. As a, like, I actually felt really bad for that one character who mm-hmm. she's like, I'll let him make it with me because I'm expected to kind of thing. And if, if not and me. And she's really fucking worried about it. Yeah. And if not me, then he's going to find somebody else. Yeah. And that like, doesn't what is, what, like much Doesn't issue. she even like say that to Jamie? She's like, oh, I guess I'd let him. And she's like, I'd like to see that. Like, yeah, she says, she comments, I'll let him. And yeah. And then Jamie Clarice is like, what? Like, yeah. Why, like, why are you doing it if it's, I'll let him, not because I actively, like, she doesn't say that explicitly, but it's, like, it's implied, like, it's the connotative And she's worried about it, like, she's clearly nervous about it, because, and then one of her friends is like, relax, it's just like getting an injection, like, just kind of throwing her her worries out the window kind of thing. 
Uh, but then when she sort of tries to hook up with her boyfriend, then realizes that she can't, like, it's not comfortable for her. She's not... She's freaking out. Yeah. She tells him to stop. He just basically shits all over her, like, metaphorically. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Um, (laughs) And it's just like, fine, I'm going to find someone else to make it with. She calls him a bastard and all that stuff, and then she's left alone in the locker room, to which the killer comes across her. And it's just like, oh, this is, like, the meanest, darkest version of the, the whole, like, teens have sex then they die kind of thing yeah. because she doesn't want to go through with it she ends up not going through with it but i guess she she engaged in sexuality her titties are out she so... has to die kind yeah. of thing and it felt like there was just this kind of cruelty to it mm-hmm. that i found not really out of place but it was darker than anything else in this movie that's mm-hmm. for sure like that yeah. part kind of stands out because that was already sort of like semi-traumatic for her and it's like and eh, now yeah. you get to die you didn't even get your nut yeah didn't even um, get to enjoy it or get anything out of it but you're dying you, anyway you compare it to the couple in the van and mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where that's more typical where it's just like yeah we're getting we're smoking pot and we're fucking in a van and of course the killer both of us came us. yes we're getting off right this second <laughs> Jesus. Well, you it, that was one of the, the funny things was that character, they were, you know, sort of playing him up as that kind of, like, basement-dwelling D&D, like, loser type. He thinks he's a total stud, but then it turns out he kind of was a Yeah, he stud. actually, yeah. like, yeah, I, and, and it, they were talking, like, oh, that was, like, and then and she's like, oh, it's, it's okay, it was my first time, too. It's like, that damn man yeah, like uh, congratulations and he pulls out his school book and opens it it's just full of joints and it's like okay this dude is actually <laughs> this guy like, is like the cool like it's like he thinks sir, he's a go, wizard go he out is. and change your name to rico suave like immediately <laughs> like dude like yes i'm a wizard it's like yeah, yeah. you know what you kind of are yeah pussy wizard <laughs> <laughs> jesus fuck i still think that if you were like some like cishet dude kind of thing <laughs> I, it oof the world, yeah, it was, it was, it's best that that didn't happen or the, the world would have, like, imploded. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so there's another timeline somewhere where Earth doesn't exist anymore because... <laughs> Cishet Ario It's just too, too much power. Cishet Ario. Cishet <laughs> Ari? Hi, I'm Ario D'Argento. <laughs> Dario Arpeggio. <laughs> Whatever, um, I don't care. Yeah, so that's prom night. Um, what'd you think of this one? I liked it. It was fun. It was uh, lots of lots of stuff going. I, it was confusing as fuck because Jamie Lee Curtis's brother and her exactly boyfriend like looked her exactly head. the same. Like, for the longest time, I, I was like, "Oh, gross! Are they incest?" Yeah, you're just like, like oh I remember her, like she's, she's like making out, and you're like, "Is that her brother?" And I was like, "I actually don't know what to tell yeah. you." And then it finally cuts to a shot where they're standing side by side, and you're like, "Oh my they're god, identical! It's two dudes. Like they have yeah. the same fucking hair. They uh, like, oh my that, that god!" Reaction reminds me so much of the movie Hot Rod, where at the end <laughs> of the movie, Rod starts making out with like um, Denise or whatever, and one of his friends is just like. Whoa, 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 why is Ron kissing his sister? (laughs) That's not his sister, dude. Whoa, that just shatters my entire universe. (laughs) Like, that's kind of the feeling I got because of the doppelganger Yeah, that was, so that was uncomfortable for a little while. It was like, "Uh uh-oh, is this it? Is this, um, Sleepwalkers 2.0? Like, Oh, Oh, God. Um, yeah, so that, that was a little hard to follow because it's like, what's happening? Is there, are there layers to this movie that, yeah. That aren't being addressed, that are just being flaunted at us. Once we realized that it was a casting <laughs> Weird um, choice. Yeah, that that <laughs> was the confusion. I, I found the plot a lot clearer from mm-hmm. that point on. 
Absolutely. Because there was a lot of like the You're like, what? Because <laughs> if that is the case, there there's a lot going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, once we found out that that wasn't going on. Yeah. It was, it seemed easier to follow. <laughs> as far as like, uh, maybe not so much the ones we watch after this, but your general feeling of slashers going into this, how did this one play for you? Yeah. I, um, pretty, like, I think it, it follows the genre largely like you would expect it. Like you said, mm-hmm. there's those, there's all little like idiosyncrasies. It's like simulation of American culture yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But that being said, had I not gone in knowing and kind of looking for that, I, you know, I think this easily belongs in just, like, as, like, in the general, like, slasher Right, because all genre. of these movies, uh, I sort of introduced to you as, like, we're watching this for a Canadian slasher mm-hmm. episode, so I guess there would be that, uh, that expectation. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of primed to, to notice that kind of stuff. But yeah, that being said, it's, it's still just like, yeah, this is a solid slasher movie. It definitely yeah. has earned its spot in the slasher <laughs> this one has always been notorious for having like a really ruddy, muddy, like bad picture quality, like just mm-hmm. so dark and hard to see what's going I remember on. Remember, you mentioned that we watched Synapse Films restoration from a few years back. I highly recommend getting this copy if you can because the, their print is just cleaned up and brightened up. In I can see what was happening. It, yeah, it's yeah. so much easier to to watch. Uh, unlike a certain other Canadian movie that we watched earlier <laughs> rituals where it was like pitch black and that yeah. was a cleaned up version and they right. showed like the original version of that was so Ooh. yeah yeah <laughs> but uh next up we watch something where they bash you over the face with how canadian they are like this one isn't even trying to be american no and i loved it for that because yes. of how much it plays into this but we watched 1981's my bloody valentine and very eastern canadian specifically oh not, God, not yeah, just yeah, canadian yeah. but like Hey man, we're out east. We're out east. Yeah, American listeners out there, you might know this, but this might be surprising. Uh, but much like in America, where you get like different uh, sort of dialects and accents and sort of regional Cultures. stuff going on in culture, you get that in Canada too. Yeah, like, yeah. I think all... I think our landmass is even bigger. Yeah, we have like ten percent of the population that you have. Like I think you have like three hundred million. We have like thirty million. Yeah, maybe thirty-five. I don't know. But that being said, we're pretty spread out, too. Yeah, yeah, we're all amassed on the border there. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, where we are, we're, we're sort of in Hick County kind of thing. Yeah, we're in, the, we're in I guess, your equivalent of, like, Midwest. Yeah. Whereas the whole, like, accent that gets riffed on Canadians where they say everything's a boot and, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. That is so much this fucking movie. It's, uh, <laughs> and then it's very East. <laughs> this one's set in Newfoundland I want Nova s- Scotia. Oh. Definitely Maritimes. Yeah, it was Maritimes for sure. But Never well, been there. Me either, actually. Uh, so, no, I can't tell you how accurate some, or not some, it is. Some world travel in my life, but I've barely done anything outside of my hometown, let alone home province in uh, in Canada. Canada. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that to fl- like. I think it co- costs about as much to fly out to like the Maritimes as it would to fly to Europe. And not to say that the Maritime, I think they, they, like, the pictures I've seen, it sounds absolutely beautiful. But I have family in Europe. Exactly. And when you're in Europe, you can fly everywhere for so dirt cheap. Exactly. That, that like, the cost is getting there once you're there. It's a for your buck kind of thing. It like, is. It's like, exactly. I would love to see Newfoundland, for example. Absolutely. But let's say, go to Newfoundland, that's my trip kind yeah. of thing. Which, fine. But then go to London. I got my, had my parents there kind yeah. of thing. Still some But then it's just stuff. like, oh shit, let's go to Rome. Let's, yeah, let's go to Italy. Let's go to Luxembourg. Let's, let's, let's go to go Belgium. travel let's... around doing yeah. easy jet Exactly. Flights. So it just like, with with our uh, limited funds, the whole scarcity coming back into our conversation here, because yeah. I'd love to bring that up. Um, yeah, it's it's a, 
a choice we have yet to make. Yeah. So. Someday. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so this movie, one thing I really, really fucking love about it is, just for a little plot encapsulation so you get the idea of what the setup is, is we have these miners. They have this, uh, there's this mine doing coal or something yeah coal uh, mine and, it, and it's a, the town is very much like propped up it's around a mining town yeah. yeah yeah like the town exists because of the mines yeah and but you uh, don't get the sense that it's a boom town like it, it it's just it's been going on yeah they, forever not uh, forever but like as long as anyone's been around that like the town is still the economy of the town is still solid but yeah. it's not like you said, a total, like, it's booming or anything because yeah. the horrors of the movie, they want to keep on the DL because they're like, if word gets out, that's it for this town kind mm. of thing, right? But it's also not boom town in that sense that you have people going in and out like all the time. Like, like the man camps, just, like, yeah. in the, the oil and gas industry in Alberta and stuff. Like, yeah. this is actually a place that this people have locals, set up base. Like, um, like, they've been there for generations. Yeah, like, you're bo- your, your father's a coal miner, you're born and you're a coal miner. Your yeah. son will be a coal miner. Like, that kind of more, it's a generational thing, not yeah. just like a more transient worker kind yeah. of economy yeah so that those are the kids in this movie the teens the well i guess they're not even necessarily teens in this they're definitely young adults mm-hmm. um like like early 20s i'd say yeah yeah uh the main character one of the main characters of the ensemble i guess is he's just come back to town after disappearing for a while and yeah he, he went out west so you know he went to vancouver yeah oh yeah um he uh, well i guess we don't know that for sure but you want to go be, try out be, try out the coastal elite life? He is sort of competing with his, like, little rival dude um, for the affections of... Okay, we got TJ. Yes. He's the guy who went away he pissed, and then He, came like, back. fucked off and then... Um, his ex-girlfriend now, Sarah, was... They were originally dating, and now Sarah's dating his rival, Axel. That's sort of the weird love triangle that kind of backgrounds a lot of the plot kind of thing. You've got that gang of teens, and then there was a murder spree that happened 20 years ago after a mining It was only accident. 20? I thought it was, like, 40. It was 20. Oh, wow. I thought, that, um, I thought that I remembered hearing 40 and thinking, like, Jesus, that was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, I know... No, what what happened is there was the accident, okay? Yes. There was an explosion in the mine. People got trapped down there, and by the time they got out, it was, like... There was you know, one left alive. One left alive. He was, like, eating his cohorts kind of thing. To survive, And yeah. then, um... The, the accident happened because I believe it was Valentine's Day and all these people were just like, fuck it, we want to go party. And yeah, like, the overseers. The, like... So they didn't check anything out properly yeah. before leaving and it fucked everyone up. Uh, so he goes and goes on a murder spree mm-hmm. to get revenge kind of thing. And they haven't had a single Valentine's Day celebration in this town since because of the curse of Harry Warden kind of thing because he swore he would get them. And yeah. all that. And the funny... And isn't it called, like, Valentine Cove? Or it has, the name of the town has Valentine in it? So, like, it's a very... Okay. Yeah, I thought it was, like, Valentine Bluff or something. Maybe. I, I, I remember thinking getting that impression we might have to check that but it just seemed like it was such like an like such a culturally important thing to yeah. them like not just valentine's day but also like like the whole the whole fanfare around it that they've mm-hmm. set up because usually valentine's day it's like yeah it's a thing but it's not as big as some other sort of pseudo holidays yeah whereas this place it was like that is the day yeah, for sure. Year, for so. sure. It does have sort of this heavy significance here that's kind of not just because of the curse. I, I totally get what mm-hmm. you're meaning because it does feel Because, yeah, like, they're like, it was an institution. We did it every year for decades. Maybe it's just like the prom in movies. This is like yeah. the movie equivalent <laughs> of Valentine's <laughs> this celebration. Is the, this is the Eastern Canadian um, equivalent. 
But uh, after 20 years, they're hosting a Valentine's Day dance again, first in 20 years, and the murders start up again, and they're trying to figure out, oh god, is Harry Warden back, like the original He's killer? back in town. What's going on? And that's sort of the premise, the setup for this movie. Uh, one thing I love about the Canadianness of this movie is how well it fits in with, uh, I took a Canadian film class when I did my film Please tell us all about it. Okay. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I wish I'd I'd seen this movie when I was in that class because I would have written a paper on this thing. But the big takeaway I got from the movies we watched, uh, we watched a lot of, well, all Canadian films, Mm -hmm. right? But Canada has this rich history that's very much in sarcastic quotes (laughs) of only doing like documentary work through the National Film Board and like very sporadic narrative films up until like the 60s. Like Mm. you don't really get feature films with stories and like that are distinctly like Canadian productions uh, until into the 60s. And there was always this sort of like let's have a bit of realism jutting out of our whole we're coming from the documentary style kind of thing Mm. so a lot of these canadian exploitation movies were very poorly received by the critical elite in canada (laughs) because it's just like this isn't canadian cinema why are you guys doing this you're cheapening yourself by being american and like all that kind of stuff and i'm just thinking like they eventually came back around on like david cronenberg even though his first movie they tried to like destroy (laughs) but it was um so we watched a host of these movies from like the like the 60s and 70s into the 80s and there was this very strong through line through all of them that they were tr- okay the american dream try and you will achieve if work you work hard, hard yeah. you can you can make it true the Canadian reality is much darker than the American dream in that you have all these movies where people sort of set out on that american dream like premise but then it shits down on them. Like, it fucks them over. They lose everything. Their life sucks because they tried. So if the the big takeaway I got from my professor was, if the American dream is work hard and you'll succeed, the Canadian reality is you're going to fail. Don't even bother. And holy shit, is that foregrounded in the TJ's backstory in this movie. Right. Because, like, it reminded me of this one we watched called Going Down the Road, where these people are, like, on their way, I believe, to Toronto from, like, small town. Oh, yes. And it's like, we're going to make it big in the big city, and everything just fucks. And it's like, this sucks. (laughs) Our life is terrible. Um, I just, I'm sorry, that just makes me think of, like, how many friends I had in high school where it's like, fuck yeah, as soon as we graduate, we're fucking off to Toronto. Never happened. I know one friend who did that, and it's doing quite it, well. Do, they are doing quite well for yeah, themselves, if yeah. if you're listening to this, um, good for fucking you, because uh, you and yours are kind of doing yeah, solid Living the there. dream. We love you. Yeah. And are, yeah, can't wait to see you next time. Mm-hmm. It's been too long. But yeah, so TJ in this, he's uh, <laughs> going out west, which we know means Vancouver. I well, I guess from, because that's what I assume. They then say the west coast at one they, point. That's right, so, yeah, because yeah, I was like, I remember th- think because i'm like well everything is west from the east yeah. so maybe it could be somewhere else i think they specifically said west i think coast. so too yeah um, but yeah so goes out west and comes crawling back with his tail between the legs <laughs> and he has to start up at the mine again and he's just trying to leave his failure behind him kind mm-hmm. of thing and people are just like sort of hard on him at first and like sort of like tough to like fully reconcile his going away yeah. and then coming back kind that of bit thing. of like oh you thought you were too good for us yeah, well yeah. we sh- we told you so like yeah but yeah, that that's... is so Canadian film <laughs> in like a nutshell and I mm-hmm. love it so much like I would have loved to have covered this in that class in those terms because it just fits so much of that there you've got the working class main characters which was big in a lot of these movies mm-hmm. Um, 
there's almost a sense of realism to the... I, I don't want to say it in like a critical mean way, but like there's a sort of monotony to their lives. Like mm-hmm. you can tell this is their day in and day out. For yeah. Them, and they're making the most of it. Like, yeah, they've accepted that. And they're just like, yeah, it is like, what it their is. Partying is they have a case of beer and they're frying eggs on an engine block in a junkyard <laughs> and they just hang out and drink and eat eggs fried off an engine block and sometimes play the harmonica. They call us like, rednecks. Well, it's just like... <laughs> I, I Again, is, I don't mean that critically. I love it. Yeah. Unironically. But it's one of those things where this is how we um, see them just sort of like they're making the most of their lives. Like mm-hmm. for stuff that small a town. lot of people would look down on kind of yeah. things. It's just like... Like, I need. how can you live with that? Oh, yeah. I need to escape. I couldn't do that. Which was TJ. Yes. And that's why there's so much resentment. Yeah, because there's like, fuck yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure for some of them, there's some of that like jealous that he at least tried when they couldn't even bring themselves to do so but at the same time it's not explicitly said like like that Mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely not presenting it in a way that's like but yeah at the end of the day he was right to try because small town life fucking sucks or whatever yeah so that's cool to see because usually you get the rural shat on Yep. intensely and constantly by the urban. Yeah, if it's not out-and-out exploitation where it's like, oh no, the backwards deranged murderers are out We to love to fuck our thing. cousins, and that's just how yeah. we are. It's Good um, country people. At the very least, that's sort of implied in so much of it. Yeah, and it's just so accepted too, like, yeah. especially in um, like queer media, this idea that like r- the, the rural is inherently oppressive and yeah. inherent, and it's, it, it, it's inherently something you have to escape yeah. for the city, which is this like I Metropolis. Wish, I had of like, more oh. like uh, names and like papers to drop from. We covered rural queerness. Yeah, in our class. yeah. Um, it's been a few years now, so yeah. I know. Um, I remember that this isn't papers, but this would be just like pop culture figures as far as far as like prairie queer goes. You have like your Ray Spoon, Ivan Coyote. Ivan Coyote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which uh, you would think that that would. I mean, they they do have. Uh, some traction here in, in queer mm-hmm. circles, which is good, but you'd think there'd be more of that given where we're located, but mm-hmm. it totally is that sort of, like, if we're not dancing at a club, enjoying the slick city life. And $12 Cosmos or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like, we're not We're not really gay, living. Right, yeah, know? exactly. And it's like, no, fuck that. Which makes me wonder what that's like in the States, because I um, came across an article recently. I, don't, I think I just saved it to pocket. I didn't actually read it, which goes with so many things I want to read. Um, but it was talking about if you want to find, like, not just, like, living it up queer, but also, like, really, like, political resistance, go to Appalachia. Oh, And I was like, oh. I, I'm so curious. Yeah, okay, I'm going to pull up yeah. that article again after all to read it, because I'm, so, yeah. yeah, I'm so curious, too, yeah. Yeah. But back to My Bloody Valentine. Yes. Um, this is also a slasher movie, not just a little uh, pocket of Canadiana kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... This is one of my favorite slasher movies. It's mm-hmm. definitely up there for me, and I'm talking the restored, uncut version because this yes. is a grisly little shocker when it you is. get into <laughs> it. Like uh, pretty much every death scene in it, because the quality of the cut scenes is not nearly as good. You, you definitely you can notice see where they added the scenes back in mm-hmm. uh, when they restored it. Um, like the picture quality is what I mean isn't it, as good. You so definitely every notice. time someone kicks into this movie, there are several shots that just go to that sort of grainy kind of insert shot thing, and it's just like, how much of this fucking movie was left? Mm-hmm. Like I first saw this in the cut form years ago, and uh, thought that was fun. Okay, and like it was good even with everything cut out, which is a good sign because these like bloodless slashers yeah. can get really pointless. 
Uh, but with everything back into it, it's like, holy shit, was there any movie left when you were done with it? Right, yeah, that's that's wild. Um, I found the setting of the mine was really cool. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, that's another... they decide to go party down in the mine. Yeah, because, yeah, with the, with the murders coming back, the party gets cancelled. Yeah, because... their parties are banned for Valentine's. Yeah, we need to, we need to stop... We need to do what he said and, and uh, prevent any more killings from happening. Because clearly it's the curse of, what's his fit? You knew his name. What's his? Harry Warden. That guy. Because the end credits song is The Ballad of Harry Warden by <laughs> Canadian genre stalwart Paul Zaza. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they're like, well, we want we still want a party. Where do we go that they won't shut us down? We're going to go down to the mines. And this is where heterosexuality rears its head in this movie. <sighs> because they ostensibly are doing it to impress the ladies. Kind of of course, like, because hey, only the men work down in the mines. You know what will impress the ladies? Let's take them down to the mines kind of Maybe thing. Maybe scare them a little bit. Like, yeah. But so it's always so romantic. Heterosexuality kind of pops up in this movie a lot, too. Where you've got... Uh, it seems all of the characters are couples. Yeah, that's Like, there's true. so many couples at this, which I found was interesting because it showed their age a little bit in that they weren't just your typical high school schoolers. They were all, like, you know, working men and their wives kind of thing, like, taking that kind of thing. I got the impression it. it wasn't even wives necessarily. It was no, that sort of, like, high school married. sweethearts, but, but I mean, we're still it, together It felt like it was thing. that kind of pairing sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, but like, just with, with the youths. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, that's what they will grow to become if they weren't all viciously murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, what complicates it is TG, TJ coming back is he's the one outlier to this because you've got all these happy couples, then he's there and it starts this love triangle. Yeah. Because so many fucking squabbles because it's just like, I think she should go with me. eh? And he's like, no, she's going with me. eh?" And she's like, Hey, don't I get to say who I'm going with? Jeez. I don't, maybe I don't want to go with either of you fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh. Yeah, you definitely get that very, like, sort of, like, machismo, like, oh, no, man. She, yeah. Like, yeah, well, do what she wants. It's like, well, maybe let her ask her what she wants instead of I like that putting, she actually calls that out. Yes. Like, hey, don't I get a say? Yeah, she's thing. like, do I get any say in this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, that said, I didn't find the heterosexual to be that, like, toxic heteronormativity kind of thing for the most part. The love triangle had that for sure, but the couples generally just seemed like, you found your soulmate or you found your fit and you guys mm-hmm. are just kind of That's going fine. through life. Like yeah. you see couples that are happy and I might be misremembering this, but I didn't get from the, the, like, for example, when people would, pair off to, to go fuck i didn't get like the guys are like come on baby you got it like, yeah it wasn't this weird coercive kind of like thing. yeah like i'm thinking of the couple that go down into the mine and they're just like hey let's just hook like, up we'll, and we'll be we'll be uh we'll be right behind you guys in like 10 minutes yeah and they're like both <laughs> on board yeah i think bone. that there's something to be said about that yeah they're not teens and they're like longtime partners so it's not that whole idea of like oh, we're going to make it for the first time. It's like, no, yeah. we, we fuck whenever we feel like it. Like, yeah. we did that a long time ago, and yeah. it's just, it is it is what it is. Yeah. Like, so that's, that doesn't play as central of a role in, like, yeah. why they end up being killed. So while the love triangle and a lot of that relationship stuff being at the forefront definitely made this, like, the heterosexuality at the forefront, mm-hmm. it was nice to see that it was played a little differently than your typical kind Yeah, you of also had some, like, some, like, normal, respectable straights who don't, like put it all in your face and shove it down your throat. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, uh, that was good about it. And the other thing that I wanted to liken to prom night, because this is kind of consistent with Canadian slasher movies is those little moments of darkness in this where like these movies can 
be cruel at times. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, of course, with Mabel's character. Yeah. Like, that one got me, too. Where, yeah. Um, it's, you you know, it's the horror movies. You're seeing in slash movies, people are getting murdered. And like, killed, pretty indiscriminately. And it, it's, nev- it's never good or anything like that. Yeah. But they, there's always this little, almost, like, extra kick in the teeth that comes with these Canadian ones. Like, like why them? <laughs> like, with Mabel, she is just, like, this really nice, uh, she's fodder. That's what she comes across as. Like, she's yeah. going to get gotten kind of thing. Mm. But when she's gotten early in the movie, it's, um, she's finds this valentine that she thinks is from the sheriff. And yeah. she's like, like, oh, that's so sweet. Then she realizes it's, like, a menacing note from the murderer. And then she gets killed in, like, the worst way. And then he sticks her in a tumble dryer and mm-hmm. cooks her, basically. Yeah, kind of that, thing. that was gross. Um... And that was a great shock moment, though, because I didn't yes. expect it to be so explicit when That's he's checking true. the dryers, and all of a sudden, boom, just the like body this falls out, meat. and it's just, like, fucking flipping around in it's the It's still moving, yeah. yeah like, oh, that my was, God. It was one of those things where, you know, my mouth dropped a little bit they, when I They saw didn't that. have to go that hard, but they did. They did. They did. But then, on top of that, the sheriff is in his office, and he sees one of the telltale candy boxes the killer's been leaving all over town, mm-hmm. and his tense music kicks up, and it's like, oh, no, he's going to find another heart or body part or something. He opens it, and it's just chocolates, and the note is from Mabel like yeah. she surprised him with this and it's just like and then he gets like really bummed about it because he remembers like having to find her body that morning and there's these little things these little character details that they throw in there that just it makes it a little darker like it does it, it like sticks you in the heart and then twists the yeah, knife it a little twists bit the blade a little bit yeah. that's the expression I was looking for as opposed to kick you in the teeth but <laughs> <laughs> and then the stomp on your gums after <laughs> no twist the blade yeah <laughs> twist the blade yeah yeah exactly my Bloody Valentine. This one you had seen before. Yeah, one time. Yeah, it's well, been a couple of years. And what about, what's your appraisal on this one? I agree. I, I, I love it. Like, it's, it's one that I think um, is really, for whatever reason, easy to forget about when you think, probably because it doesn't have the iconic, like, Jason, Freddy, Michael no. Myers kind of thing. But and it, the outfit looks like it could be. He's got the fucking miner's mask yeah, and the, pitch at, uh, the like, pickaxe. It's so that could, iconic. It could be. I guess they didn't have the right kind well, of marketing department. Remake, and the one like the plot I haven't seen the remake I've heard it's actually pretty fun Mm. um one of the few things that was kind of a holdover other than the base setting and stuff was right. the look of the killer. Yeah, and so like, like it could yeah. be, a th- I don't know, I, I just think, I keep wanting to call him the Minor 49er because that's a like old Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> and that was the bad guy that's down hilarious. in the mines. <laughs> um, so yeah, see, it could be a thing. Yeah, I don't know, I guess they didn't have uh, the right marketing crew yeah. on it. But yeah, no, I think it's 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 a solid slasher movie, both in genre terms and also in doing its own thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 fun. I've I've been saying that about like every movie we've watched except for one last week lately. Yeah. So I feel like I'm like, can I have something else to say? But I do but, think this one is particularly fun. Mm-hmm. Like the characters, even when they're obnoxious, they're a shade more likable than so many of they, the, yeah. the like teens you see in these movies, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think maybe because they're not trying to do that like obnoxious like well everyone knows teens are suck ass. Yeah. So let's play it up extra extra. It's like no, yeah. they're just like they're being doofuses sometimes, but yeah, me too. Sometimes, guys, yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, like no, it was it was definitely good. I liked that about it. Oh. And and like um, I was g- going to say, like you said, the, the the setting is perfect. Like with the mines, it's kind of like um, the other week we were talking about like with the theater and how it's like yeah, when you stop and think about it, and, like all these like dark places to hide, places behind the scenes, like it's a really great setting that's not used that much for mm. slashers. Same thing with the mines. Yeah, especially like, for slashers, I do actually have a list that I'm working up of mine horror movies sick. to watch. They're not slashers, though, but they are fun. Yeah, because um, in addition to being, like, 
dark could collapse at any moment hypothetically and be like very dangerous and stuff yeah that danger is kind of always it is yeah it's also like certain i mean even pointed out that like certain like like, the men at least in this movie had sort of had like the home base advantage yeah where it's like well i know shortcuts i know these mines yeah whereas for characters who don't if they were to get split up it's like i'm in the middle of fucking nowhere underground i don't know how i'm gonna get out it's a labyrinth in the yeah there there are so many things you could play with there so I okay if you're making a list of that I'm interested to see how they play with yeah. that. A lot of them are monster movies as opposed to slashers. Right. Like they're fun. I'll take it. I, I recommend <laughs> them. But yeah, it's uh we'll we'll come back to mines at some point. I like it. Of course, this one will probably be stricken from the list since we're covering it now. But that's okay. Who knows? Your recommendation. Yeah. We can watch the remake for it. Oh, I like it. Hey, we'll okay. Do the remake. Yes. Cool. Okay, our next movie is the only one that it looks very Canadian in the scenery in that it's fucking snowy as shit <laughs> yes yeah this that's is true a 1980s terror train and is it snowing on halloween this is not on halloween okay. which would shock you because everyone's dressed like it's halloween because most of the time it snows on halloween here I think it's supposed to be either a new year's party yeah or like an, it's an but everyone's in fun costume party, yeah but they are dressed it I always thought this was a Halloween party movie too and then like when I watch it it's like oh yeah no oh, wait, it's, it's not. just a costume yeah. party okay so another one that in um, standard slasher movie fashion begins with a cruel prank that goes terribly wrong. Well, that's one thing I love about this one is the cruel prank goes terribly right. It goes exactly uh, as yeah. they intended. That's it's not true. like the burning where it's like, oops, and the guy accidentally caught on fire. That yeah, wasn't oops, intended. Oops, she died. It's uh, No, the prank goes exactly right. They're just not ready for the fucking for consequences, the consequences. of being awful, that's, awful people. That's true. I mean, it goes wrong in the sense that's like, oops, we they didn't intend it, like, that. They say, like, the prank, it was just a prank. It wasn't supposed to be like this. It's like, your well, prank worked fucking perfectly. What the fuck was it supposed to be like As then? it was designed. Yeah, like, what did you expect? <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, yeah. a really fucked up prank, too. Oh, God, yeah. No, I was, ugh. Yeah, that, that, that ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, tricking a, a dude at this, like, undergrad, you know, first year kind of party thing. It's like I, a frat party. Yeah, yeah. Which, first off, there are frats in Canada, but there frat are. culture just seems so American kind of thing. Yeah, like, the, all the hazing and stuff. Like, I don't yeah. know if... I'm trying to think it. Of, probably does happen here because gross shit happens here absolutely. in frats all the time. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, again, not it, it's not as, like ubiquitous i don't like i I don't know i think about how like i think of it as a pure america kind of thing yeah like we we have it here but you know unless you run in those circles you're probably not going to encounter it whereas it seems like that's always such a thing at least maybe this is the hollywood thing again but but when you think about how like every like american president for like ever has always been like oh yeah he's a brother from whatever fraternity and stuff it's like okay this is much more and i know a lot of the times fraternities are just another way of like concentrating like wealth and status yeah. and everything but here i don't know the only people i know who I, I guess i've known more like girls and sororities and it seems more just like yeah i really like being in community and having like they're, they're just people per, people mm-hmm. people right. that doesn't really work for plural they're just very extroverted and want to like have community involvement and that's what they were like in high school so they take it into university and it's like yeah of course you did yeah. so yeah it seems different yeah yeah you don't get that here with uh yeah that they're it's not the same yeah it's not like of course like everyone knows someone in a friend like i remember i had um it was so great we had i was in, i took a feminism and pop culture class in my second last year and i think 
there were like two men in the class and one of them was was wasn't a frat so he was so we, we all joked that he was he was like our our like consultant who our cultural expert yeah our frat boy consultant who would, would be like okay john so what, what what's your pit like what, what what are your thoughts on this and he'd be like well <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> great <funny. laughs> yeah. so i was kind of joking that it's like oh yeah we got our frat boy in the class here and yeah he, he was funny he was a good sport about it too yeah. But yeah, I was just like, whoa, a guy in a frat in this class. I mean, you wouldn't expect that, I guess, in a women's and gender studies class anyway, but... Which I think just goes to show, like, the Hollywoodization yeah. of frat culture. Like, I'm not saying that it's a total put-on. Like, mm-hmm. you hear these fucking horror stories oh, in the God, news yeah. all the time. But it is one of those things where we have very set ideas of what that is and what it can yes. be. Yes. No, I think, was it... Young Universe... Is that Canadian? I think so. Okay, yeah, because they had they had a like um, initiation or not initiation, but it was like a like orientation type thing where they're. I'm pretty sure it was a frat. They were shouting like this group singing this song, and it was an acronym for the school, and it was all about like sexually assaulting an underaged girl. Yeah, look at yeah younger Y is for younger sister, O is for oh so tight, U is for Ugh. underage, N is for no consent, G is for grab that ass. Why the fuck do I remember that? Um, I don't know. That's just that they're horrifying. They're trying to be subtle about not no. being disgusting people. Yeah, but I mean, the shit. video was, it was like this, you could tell it was this like mob mentality because they were like young, like women singing along too. And it's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. Real fucked and up. True. And true. So they are quote unquote pre med students. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, convincing this guy at a party, like, oh, you're gonna hook up with that girl you're totally into. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she's waiting for you upstairs, bro. Like, And that girl is Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Curtis. Again, same year as prom night. That's right. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I'll do it. And they go, you know, go up into this room. It's all dark. And so she's standing behind the bed that, and he's like, oh, come here. Oh, don't be, don't be nervous. Come, oh, I want, like, you, you know, to kind of kiss me, Kenny. Kiss, kiss me, Kenny. Like, um, luring him in. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to the bed and he goes to touch her, it's a fucking, like, corpse from presumably the, uh, I don't know if there's a coroner there or if it's just for teaching, but they they stole a body and they put it in this bed and they convinced this guy to, like, go and uh, thinking he was going to have a sexual experience with it. And and the body is fairly decayed. Yeah, it, like it's got a huge gouge through its chest, and its arms are separated. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, yeah, because the arm falls off. He's like, because at first I thought I was like, oh, is it like a mannequin or something? That's weird. And then yeah, you see the fucking gashes in it, and I was like, oh my god! Like you had to remind me it was a medical yeah that- school because I was like, why is nobody upset that there's a fucking like brute, like butchered looking woman's yeah. body? And you're like, well, it's a medical school. It's they pro- put it there. They purpose. probably butchered it themselves to, to like study it. Yeah. And then they, like, stole it and put it there. Yeah. And then, of course, he starts freaking out, and they all come running in and laugh at him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we jump forward in time and learn that he's been institutionalized because yeah, of this. Yeah, he, uh, he was super traumatized and kind of lost his mind, and not surprised And it's one of those things that. where, again, the prank went exactly as planned. Like, there was mm. no hitch in the, pl- the prank, other than the fact that it was a fucked up, disgusting thing Yeah, to and do. they were trying to humiliate him. Yeah. And it worked. And like you said, they just weren't prepared to live with the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it was an accident. No, it seemed pretty intentional. Yeah. From all of you, including this Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, she, my friend, my best friend egged me on and made me do it. I didn't really want to do it. It's like, well, you did. 
And they, did it. The, the movie does play it like like it is again. You said that like mob mentality kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, like, that's true. She's clearly like, like not she, into the idea, but she still goes through with it. Yeah. So it's this. She does seem like the only one who really like regrets it, though. Everyone yeah. else is kind of like, oh, whatever. Like it was just this thing we did in our youth a yeah, few years. She like, did say that she went to the hospital to visit yeah him. to visit him, yeah. and she like like she feels bad, whereas everyone else is just kind of like brushing it off. Like it it it, it is what it is. Like yeah. let bygones be bygones. Yeah. So I will say she does actually seem to have some genuine like remorse there but yeah that being said um this is lit- presumably about four years later when they are graduating yeah, the end of yep. school end there. of school they're they're graduating and to celebrate they are boarding a train yeah it's this looks like an old steamer kind of yeah. thing. like it's one of those refurbished like ornate kind of like like a cross-country tour train mm-hmm. kind of thing like it's not like your typical commuter train no it's definitely more swank, that sort of, like, murder yeah. on the Orient Express mm-hmm, type. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is very fancy and yeah. high culture. And, of course, it's coming up to, like, Christmas break and New Year's. It's uh, snowy as all get out mm-hmm. outside. Um, you know, they could have easily just set this in Canada, no problems. It's like, yep, that all tracks. But they still were going for the whole America kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, they were. Yeah. So right from the get-go when they're boarding the train, we see somebody who's wearing a mask get like fucking stabbed yeah he's got this groucho marks yeah that's on, it and yeah he's just like hamming it up to like groucho, yes. like he's making doing a comedy bit involving a blow-up doll yeah it's it's a lot of these movies have weird blow-up doll things that we've watched lately. yeah you're thinking of the ritual yeah 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 we were definitely originally gonna do a different topic for the canadian content one but we that was a really bleak lineup I originally had. So we thought, like, let's do something that has a little <laughs> like more fun to it. Like, slashers are at least, like, generally fun. And we haven't done a full-blown slasher movie episode, at least not since we covered Halloween. Right. So. Yeah, well. Wow, it's been that long. Not just that long, but since we've done one at all. Yeah. yeah. And knowing how much I love slasher movies, that's kind of wild. <laughs> uh, me too. Oh, I know you do. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we are slasher. We're fans, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, so this guy's hamming it up, and so he gets, like, fucking stabbed, and he goes to try and, like, say something to people, and everyone sees him with a knife, and yeah, they're just, like... this huge sore through. Yeah. Like, that's fucking great, man. And they're just like, oh, man, that's great. Like, oh, you were just killing it tonight, bro. Like, classic that's... Classic Ed. Classic Ed. That's fucking hilarious. And he's just like, I'm dying here, but, like, you know, they don't. he's not saying anything, and they're just like, nice. Which is a gag they use in Friday the 13th <laughs> Part 3, when, uh... You got the guy who loves all the pranks and stuff. Right. And uh, with the cutthroat. And it's just like, real funny, you guy. Like, I, I recognize this joke. And it's just like, they <laughs> yeah, reuse it, their terror train <laughs> joke. Yeah, it's, it's that very, like, boy who cried wolf. Except he's not crying wolf. He's just being a shit. And so, yeah, um, everyone boards the train thing. This guy's just goofing off. And meanwhile, he's, like, dead on the tracks. The killer takes his costume, puts yeah. it on, boards the train, and no, you know, everyone else is none the wiser. Yeah. And the train takes off. Yeah, by running him over. <laughs> Get a nice shot of it rolling over his arms. Yeah. Um, Another of that, like, dark, like, you didn't have to do that, but you did. You did. You did. Um, as far as the darkness goes in this one, I, I feel like the prank at the beginning is a good example mm. of just that, like, darker edgier version of the like cruel prank like reminds me of the burning when they have that severed head that who knows where the fuck they got it from with the candles in it and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but it's like that 
to the next level where it's just like, yes. hey, buddy, come and fuck this corpse. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And not just oh this boy. random corpse, but you think it's a particular... Like, it, it's not like, hey, we, like, hired a girl for you, man. Like, it's, like, a very specific... Like, sh- the, the woman is in on it, too, doing the yeah. voice and everything. Like, making it that much more believable. It's not just this, like, faceless, like, hey, we brought some flesh here for you to stick your dick into. It's, like, yeah. an actual, like... So, I don't know, that almost makes it seem more, like, because it's just that much more commitment and that many more people involved making yeah. this happen, that it's, like... It's a very elaporate... It is, and it's, like, y'all so cruel. fucked up. It's, like, some like, cruel intentions level shit, Yes, you know? yeah, from a lot of cruel intentions, from a lot of cruel, cruel people. Yeah. Um, as far as the Canadian stuff goes, I felt like it was a little less noticeable mm-hmm. in this one, other than the landscape and yeah, all that. The snow, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't pick up on too many of the little canadian yeah i can't say i did either idiosyncrasies but i liked the conceit of the idea that this killer is at this costume party so by offing people can make themselves look like any Mm -hmm. one else they can put on the disguise and all that kind of stuff and so it really can be anyone yeah right up until you see someone get killed and it's like okay i guess it wasn't them (laughs) but (laughs) right where you find someone dead it's like oh and it's it's not not them, even though yeah. we thought maybe it was. Yeah. Um, this place, the... And it's interesting that it does the whodunit thing, mm-hmm. when at the same time, we know who's killing them. We they know like, exactly who right it is. Right from the beginning, they're like, who do you think it is? But at the same time, it's almost like they play with your, maybe, expectations, uh-huh. where, because a lot of the times in slasher movies, they think they know exactly who it is. It's the maniac who is you know either escape the asylum well, or it's, it's like my bloody it, yes it's the harry like Warden's it's, it's harry back. warden yeah. he's just come back yeah and a lot of the times it's like oh no it's just somebody who is exploiting the myth and people's anxieties around it in and order to do crime i guess that's more what i, I mean by that is like yeah. they play up the whole like we know who we know who it is, is yeah while at the same time also with the way the costuming stuff works is when you see someone they and can you, be the killer yeah like it turns out that everyone the guy everyone thought was ed yeah for a while there is yeah. the killer so, so and then he switches into and, yeah so yeah. it's like who is it not just which one's the killer but which one's mr kenny yeah exactly specifically um one fucking weird thing this isn't so much a canadian like <laughs> idiosyncrasy thing so much as a what the fuck is there's a magician on the train and so they got david copperfield to play the magician and so there's so many scenes where he's just doing magic tricks yeah so it's like check yeah. out some magic tricks yep <laughs> so if you enjoy watching card tricks and stuff happen you will like this movie yeah. because it just happens so much it does and he's so fetal in it he just he looks like and just the way he's dressed up and so he like he looks so out of place like he, he looks like he's stepped out of a giallo film almost oh like he has God, a very totally european does. like long hair and, and very like that sort of like disco outfit that was yeah. way popular in italy longer than it should have been exactly so like he, he he's he's so out of like he looks like he came from a movie but like a totally different movie yeah he totally has like of the era Dario argento yeah, hair exactly yeah he's he's this very like yeah european look to him that in this context you see it and you're just like gay <laughs> wow okay not you like you and i but i mean like that's something that like the guys play off of and they're like oh who's this like this poofter who's here this queen, kind who, of yeah like. yeah exactly and then he's just like no i'm just and then he but i'm the magician he but the magician of, yeah of magic out and just like I'm gonna flexes steal, on them gonna steal your girl steal your girl by like bitches like this shit conjuring peanuts and like yeah. smoking through a quarter yeah but yeah it has that 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 like well, we've talked about that before, where, like, I remember seeing things where it'll show pictures of guys and be like, 
where it's like, is it this or that? And it's like, are they gay or just European? And then being over there um, in Italy and having the dudes that were, that, you know, know that the foreign students are in towns so that are going around pussy sailing or whatever, trying to going around cruising at the, at the one bar in the, the little Italian town because they come from surrounding towns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have they're very good looking guys. Like they're very, they're, their eyebrows are great. They're very well dressed mm-hmm. and everything. And that's the kind of thing that you'd see in, like, a North American context and have all these, like, bros be like, oh, who's, like, look at those homos there. Yeah. But then the funny thing was here, overhearing these guys, they're talking, and they point out some guy, I don't know if he was a foreigner or not, but he was, he was very, like, more, more North American like looking. scruffy. Scruffy, bad, yeah, scruffy, kind of like, not really, didn't really put a lot of thought into his appearance. And they're like, oh, look at that dude, he's so fucking gay, like... He clearly, he must be gay because he doesn't, like, look like us. And it's like, w- wow, how the tables have turned. I, I feel like uh, here it would be gay European, there it would be gay or Canadian. Kind of right? Thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, gay or, like, Midwestern. <laughs> like, yeah. oil patch. But stereotypes aside, yes. um, it was an interesting little thing that kind of stands out in this movie with the mm. magic shows. and. It wasn't so much that I found it distracting because it actually does figure into the plot it in does. a few places, yeah, which quite was a bit. good. But it's uh, aside from that, like it's a, it plays both as a plot point and a misdirection point at the mm-hmm. same time. Exactly. Because like, very early on, they're just like, "Who hired the magician?" It's like, I, it's like, why is there a magician on board? I didn't pay for a magician. It goes, "Oh, blah blah blah, must have hired them." And so, like right from the onset, there's question as to what the fuck is going on. There's with this magic there's show. there's some suspicion there. Yeah. There's also, of course, a funk band. Uh, oh. Uh, a white right. boy funk band on the on the train. <laughs> That's right. That was uh, interesting. They're all in these cramped quarters playing as people dance around them, and you could just see like their head bowed so they don't hit the roof while playing the bass <laughs> and that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. pretty fun. Um, what did you think of this one? I liked it. I thought it kept did a good job of um, like keeping things like interesting. Yeah. As far as you know, it wasn't that same formulaic like. Oh, the person keeps getting people keep getting off in the exact same way, yep. or like you, you didn't always know where the killer was going to come from. There was like so there's a lot of like misdirection and stuff. So yeah. that there were times where maybe you'd expect something like oh this he's going to jump out of like this and then like doesn't yeah. or um, they're going to encounter someone who they think is their friend and you're like is it the friend or yeah. is it like I don't like th- I I felt like I didn't know as much as mm. um, maybe we all we usually are expected to know, or right. not expected to but anticipate knowing like in you slashers you're a little in the dark as to like, yeah what, closer to what, what the characters happen. know yeah. whereas a lot of the times you have that sort of like omniscient like oh he's gonna get you oh you idiot yeah. what are you doing he's I, right there I like that a lot about I, this yeah it kind of puts a, I, I it changes it, but it definitely puts a finger on like something I really dug about this mm, movie. yeah it, it, it changes it plays with your expectations in a lot of ways and yeah. it in, in really interesting ways. Yeah, and... Um, and yeah, it kind of keeps you guessing. Yeah, I, I really liked that about this. And it's one of those ones where there are long stretches with no murders, mm-hmm. which is odd for a slasher movie. No kidding. Yeah, it's about the body count and the blood. It doesn't feel tired. It doesn't. It's not the kind of thing where you're like waiting for the next body count moment or something. It's just the movie yeah. plays and you're kind of tense and in it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it doesn't feel like just like fluff that's like, oh, they could have cut this and it would have just been the same. It's like, no, this, this adds to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've uh, got a soft spot for this movie and mm-hmm. have for some time. I like You've it. You've probably noticed I have a Fright Rags Terror Train t-shirt that I like to trot out every once in a oh, while. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if I've... Oh, okay. Maybe I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you have so many horror shirts that I guess they... I have so many Fright Rags shirts. That's true. <laughs> I also have a My Bloody Valentine one. Hey, okay, that one I know. <laughs> fortunately, there isn't a prom night one that I could snag, so mm. we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe one day. One day. 
Fourth up, we watched Happy Birthday to Me from 1981, and this movie is wild. I say that a lot, but this movie is buck wild. Yep. And I'll just say right off the beginning something that many people have proposed before. This isn't an original thought from my brain at all, but I totally see it. This plays like a Jolo. I think, yeah, I... I think I even commented on that at some point yeah. and then you and then you pointed out that like oh yeah that's actually a really like common talking yeah. point about this movie between like the light and the like the the plots with all the red herrings and the like There's misdirection some weird flashbacks going on yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah. there was this surgery that happened years ago and like the and her memory she can't rely on it she knows something happened something that was bad but yeah. she she can't she doesn't know what it was but it involves her and maybe she's implicated and maybe she's the one but is she going crazy like and it's just, just on and on and shifting, on shifting who done it yeah. every time the movie seems to really be playing to like this person done it they fucking die exactly and then it's just like who the fuck done it <laughs> yeah yeah and then how, how how is she like thinking she did it, but also completely like like how how is how is her memory so fucked up that we see her doing something, but then she doesn't remember it, but she remembers like weird shit and like it, it's it's almost hard to follow. Like it it, it per- I think it purposefully kind of makes that a bit incoherent, where it mm. kind of makes you feel like the character like what the fuck is going on, it's like but not in such a way layered on flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, and it, but not in such a way that you can't follow the general. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah plot <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm thinking like we get the flashbacks to the surgery stuff that it's mm-hmm. like oh my god that that relates to blah 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 and then we get the flashbacks to like the mother stuff yeah and, it's like, and you're like Whoa. what okay it's like you kind of got these two sort of intertwining stories that both go behind one of the characters mm-hmm. who they themselves even though seem to be central to the plot are kind of like intertwined with yeah. the plots of everyone else yeah it's, it's very, very convoluted which yeah. is very jalo yeah it's a very twisty kind of uh, mm-hmm. storyline uh what you essentially get are more students kind of thing they're just like more i i like, want to say they're a high they're like, like prep, prep school, school yeah because, uh, it's very fancy it's called happy birthday to me and it is set on the days leading up to the central character's 18th birthday mm-hmm. and so that's very prep school high school kind of thing because it's i thought it was collegiate so much like you know like a hoity-toity one at that but then yeah. it's like no, it's a hoity-toity like prep school yeah. for one of those high those yeah. colleges because they make little like hints, like if you spend as much time studying as you spend down at that inn, you'd all be in Harvard by now, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's like okay, so they have the money for it. Their parents could bribe their way in. It's just yeah. they need to maybe actually have some ambition behind mm-hmm. it. It's probably the least Canadian feeling of mm-hmm. the bunch to me, um, but it's kind of like a heavy version of your slasher movie in that I found the way people were killed in this, it was so drawn out and it was so brutal. Like, yeah. I guess that's another sort of Jalo type thing, depending on which yeah, director yeah, yeah. you're going to look at. Like the weight bench scene that felt oh, very yeah. much like it would have been in a, a Jalo or yeah. a, the motorcycle scene. That's right. And that's, so that's another thing I was going to point out uh, with this one. I remember it does that very slasher, like, What's going on? They, you know, the, the person's being pursued, and they run into someone. Like, oh, it's it's just you. Yeah, oh, the thank God. Framed so like the top of the frame starts at their shoulders yeah. down. Yeah, and they, of oh, thing. it's you. Oh, it's oh, you. thank goodness. I was so scared, and then oh, that's what gets you. Is it's it's. Uh... And I found that interesting because that was a misdirection itself because yeah. of how much the movie plays with identity yes. and all that kind of stuff. Because it's just like. They're doing the slasher thing of the the film itself is hiding the identity of the killer, so we don't know as much as the characters. Mm-hmm. But then we find out that in the plot there is a further complication of that. Oh That's yeah, just the, 
it's one of those things I can't really say without Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it's one of those ones I'd recommend watching because mm-hmm. it's fun. It's long for a slasher movie. It is. It's almost two hours. It's, uh, but it seems kind of necessary for all the plots that are happening because I didn't feel particularly bored by no, this No, I one. didn't. Just a lot of, like, right when I feel like I'm getting a grasp on who's who and what's what. That's when they get you. It just, yeah, that's <laughs> when they get you. It's, uh... Yeah, it's 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 different, mm-hmm. but still very like conventionally hits a lot of the marks that you would expect a slasher to. Yeah, because it has the um, veneer of a slasher, mm-hmm. even if like it, it's like structurally a jalo. Yeah, <laughs> it's you've got your teens that are just like obsessed with partying and sex and drinking, and then like they're still getting picked off getting one picked by off one, one by one, and in very bloody ways. Yeah. And I mean, the Jello is so intertwined with the American slasher. Well, that exactly. The American slasher is kind of built off of the Jellos. Mm-hmm. Like Jello is one of the many sources for the the slasher movie, as we know it. Yeah. Um, but this one feels like I don't even want to say throwback. It just feels like from the ground up, mm-hmm. like that someone was trying to like I'm going to make a Jello out of time and out of place but without it being a pastiche exactly yeah or this, it functions like it a does jello. it's yeah. not just like it's not like hey look at what we just did wink. wink wink yeah that was so jello right it's like no it just does what it's doing and it it does it it takes you on a ride yeah um i don't have tons to say about this particular movie probably because of how complicated it was mm-hmm. how, um, how yellow rather than canadiana it is yeah 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 this might be my least favorite of the week but that's a hard one because mm. yeah that's tough i i felt like with the exception of my bloody valentine they were all sort of an even keel kind of thing mm-hmm. um mm, yeah, I, that... I admit i do have a bit of an extra sauce spot for terror train uh but See, I want, and I was saying, I want them, I wanted Terror Train to rip off Terror Vision's song, except instead of do, do, just go choo, 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 choo. <laughs> we'll have to do a choo. mashup. We'll, we'll figure something else. We'll mash it up with Thomas the Tank Engine. Fuck we'll yes. <laughs> I'm down. That'll be our remix. Cool, cool, cool. We have one more for you. We did a... Uh, oh God, we do. Yeah, we did a, a fiver kind of thing we we did a heavy week because we figure if we're getting into our first real bit of can con and our first real bit of slasher stuff let's go whole hog kind of thing and i mean you know this is five not including the one we watched before we got into this topic mm-hmm. so like we watched a lot for this week that we did i guess it was uh your first week or first couple weeks off of school so did we actually had time <laughs> we had the time to do that but we watched 1982's visiting hours uh, this one was new to both of us, mm-hmm. and this one was on my radar because it was banned as a video nasty, right? And a video nasty scare. That's why I have a copy. A video nasty with Bill Shatner in it. Billy yeah, Shatz. He came back. It. We Billy didn't. Even, we weren't even expecting him. Yeah, we've that's got, how you know it's Canadian. We've got Billy Shatz, and we've got Michael Ironside, who right. you know you will know him from like Scanners and Starship yeah. Troopers. And I stuff. forgot to mention the last movie we watched had fucking. Lauren Fenmore from Young and the Restless. And I was like, why is she so familiar? <laughs> yeah, not familiar. 
Who oh, among us has not from from um, Happy Birthday to me? Yeah, not yeah. familiar to me, but no. Well, yeah. I said, well, who among us did not start watching soap operas with their mom at like age ten after school at four p.m.? I'm gonna sheepishly raise my hand, but yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I was ashamed to admit it because I was like, if I tell my friends, they're gonna think I'm super stupid. So <laughs> I was just like, this is this is me and my mom's thing, and no one has this to is know. Our jam. So fuck right off. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, back to visiting hours. Visiting hours, yeah. So this was banned as a video nasty, and it's one of those ones that it's kind of hard to believe it offended anyone enough to be banned. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can definitely tell it was banned because of the themes of misogyny. Absolutely. Which, as much as I think the moral panic of the video nasties was a really overblown, like it was a moral panic kind yes. of thing. Um, I will say their heart was in the right place in terms of they came down hardest on sexual violence and, like, misogynistic like gender-based, yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I... It's like, okay, even if you're overblowing a lot of things, at least you're sort of on the right side of history with what you're overblowing. Like you said, your, the heart's in the right place. It's that whole, like, broken clock is right twice yeah. a day kind of thing, where it's like, yeah, I guess if you, if you dig deep enough, you'll find, like, a tiny bit of yeah. redemption in, like, almost mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that being said, it... Um, how it played out not so great but visiting hours the film the band film yes 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 uh i thought the plot of this was very interesting and something that i wanted to cover on this episode Mm -hmm. because just reading from the the jacket the the sleeve it's a woman who is a vocal editorial news anchor who her her big thing right now is uh, defending a woman who's on trial for killing her husband in defense kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like she's like in being accused of, of murder, but she's the, the woman's claiming it's self-defense and she's backing her. Like the news anchor is backing her. But yeah, so the news anchor, Deborah, she's um, trying to editorialize and be vocal publicly about this woman's rights as a survivor of abuse kind of thing. Yeah, and just bring about like domestic violence in general. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this is a fucking like epidemic mm-hmm. that we don't do anything about and now that suddenly someone has visibly come out in you know defending herself we're, we're seeking to punish her mm-hmm. like are you fucking kidding me and so it's just, yeah this very politicized like charged what makes this feel very like fictionalized is the fact that this is happening around white women kind of thing because you know in the states there are very real cases of black women or people of color like yeah, when, fighting back and going to jail for it. Exactly. Yeah, like where the Sintoya Brown, where she mm. killed her pi- her pimp when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. She was being trafficked. So like not just being trafficked, but as a minor, mm-hmm. and got like life in jail for it. Mm-hmm. It was only because of like s- like on the ground grassroots advocacy for her and her case that then got picked up by some celebrities and amplified that she's been released. But even then, even though she's released, that doesn't mean she's going to be able to like be reintegrate you know get a job have any access Mm -hmm. to anything or you have yeah i can't i can't remember her name right now but there was a black woman who her husband her abusive husband was coming at her and she she had a gun she fired a warning shot into the ceiling of their house nobody was hurt yeah she got jail time because of the violence it's like okay so yeah self-defense is for men and for white men specifically because even when you have like open carry states you see like black boys holding water guns being shot by police for existing in public so yeah no when we talk about this like idea of self-defense it's very much a racial raced and classed thing it's not for everybody so the movie doesn't go into the racial component Mm -hmm. but it is just want to note that 
this is a, a struggle depicted between white people in this. Yes. So the movie doesn't have that kind of nuance to it, mm-hmm. but we don't. I, I didn't want to gloss over the, the reality that, of that, it. That is a, yeah. a factor. How easy sure. it is, yeah, how easy it is to see white women as inherently victims, whereas we don't give that sort of benefit of the doubt and bestow this inherent innocence on women of color and especially black women mm. and girls for that matter. Yeah. But yeah, so th- with her uh, being vocal on the television about these things, she catches the ire of a very mis- misogynistic dude named Colt, played by Michael Ironside, who decides to break into her house, kill her housekeeper, and then try to kill Deborah, like, in this really brutal attack kind of thing. Like, he he stabs her and just misses her heart. Like, that's the yeah, first thing he catches a rib or something. Yeah, so, like, it opens... Like, his first action is trying to kill her because of what she said, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, she manages to evade him in what I thought was a really tense sequence, yeah. kind of thing. Oh, like, God, when she's yeah. hiding in the dumbwaiter and he's trying to, like, pull her up and all that. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. That's I was on the edge for so much of this movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it definitely plays its tension well. Mm-hmm. Um, she does manage to escape when uh, her... Shatner gets home. Partner? Yeah, husband. Like I don't know if they, it sounds like they might have been like married not too long ago, yeah. but yeah, they're, they're her. Yeah, her her lover. Yeah, Shatner. Yeah, Billy Shat shows up and um, she gets put in the hospital to recover. She has yeah, a broken she, arm from the fall in the. Yeah, I think water. they said there's some muscle damage. She yeah. needs surgery. And uh, there's a media circus because she's a vocal anti-violence advocate. Who, she even has a press conference at the hospital where people are like, so have you changed your stance on being anti-violent ever since being the victim of violence? Do you think violence on your end would have remedied this? And they're like trying to go to her to talk and all that. But because of this, um, the nurses at the hospital are pretty vigilant in sort of setting up a barrier zone for mm-hmm. her. Like, like she needs to recover. We have to try and keep the press out, keep prying eyes away. Which works in her favor when the killer shows up at the hospital and tries to get rid of her mm-hmm. because she's again on his face and again and she did not and die again. um and that is the the core of the slasher movie that follows is it is uh colt trying to kill deborah in the hospital and all these different ways he tries to do it and he's thwarted either by outside agents or her own cunning or the work of the nurse sheila who is almost grows into like a major character well she does grow into a major yes. character on her own <laughs> Yeah, but I think, um, because, you know, Deborah points out at one point, like, how does this fucker keep getting into the hospital? He Mm -hmm. keeps getting past the guards. He Like, it just, it it really gestures to just the absolute failure of the system to take domestic violence seriously and to protect Mm -hmm. victims. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll post a guard, whatever. It's like, well, you're not doing a good enough fucking job of it because, holy shit. And when we look in real life, this is, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely reflective of real life. Definitely. Um, this killer, though, he's a piece of work. Good he God. He's definitely... Piece of fucking total shit. Total misogynist. Yes. Like, there's a sequence where he brings someone back to his apartment, and then immediately, like, you know, they're going to hook up, and she's, like, into it, she's on board, but that doesn't work for him. He needs to strangle her a bit and then slash at her with a knife Mm -hmm. just because that is how he views women. And that's the power he feels he has. Yeah. He's, he's not looking to have like a consensual sexual experience. He's looking to have to dominate and to, yeah, he, she's not a person in his eyes. She's an object to be like, he's only gonna be turned on when she's scared. 
Yep. And when she's has no sense of control. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, this is clearly not his first time because he has a collage of victims yep. that he's taken pictures. He takes pictures of the women he's killing as they're dying, and he adds it to the collage that he has in built his closet. in his closet, kind of thing. And uh, oh, they even mention like they they point to the fact that he's also a racist piece of shit too because his walls are adorned with framed letters to the editor he's written, kind of thing. And the woman comments, she's like, wow, Mexicans, Jews, blacks, you hate everyone, don't you? You just want the world for yourself, huh? He's like, yeah, that would be good. That's what she says. You just want the world for yourself. And he smiles and then is like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that would be great. So, um. Like, no shred of irony. Yeah. So, sorry, what year was this movie? 82. 82. Okay, so it would predate it. But I was going to say, this movie, um, in a sort of, it, it is very Canadian, in that it shows a man going in public and in a, to a public institution and violently brutalizing women because they are asserting them, you know, they're, they're taking up space and they're doing mm-hmm. it too much in his face mm-hmm. because we have the Ecole Polytechnique yep. shootings that happened in, I should look up the year. This was in uh, Quebec. Okay, so I just looked this up, and it was actually only seven years after the movie. It was in 1989. I, I thought it was the 90s, okay. like early 90s, but it, it turns out it was like right at the end of the 80s. We have um, Ecole Polytechnique in Montreal. So it's a polytechnical like mm-hmm. university. And um, so this would have been, you know, post-feminism, the second wave especially. Women are ent- have not only entered the workforce, they have entered the university. They are taking up space in public and you know not asking not apologizing for it and you have this fucker who he didn't get into the school Mm -hmm. and he decided you know rather than looking at himself and be like oh maybe my grades weren't good enough maybe you know whatever reason he decided that no it's because women and not just women but because feminists Mm -hmm. because these feminists have taken my rightful place as an engineering student so i'm going to march in there with a gun separate the men from the women and start like killing the women like execution style and so yeah this this happened about 29 years ago i think yeah or because the anniversary would be coming up and so yeah this movie is very canadian in that way in a very shameful very yeah way that is not to be proud of but is very distinctly canadian i would say sorry did visiting hours come before this yes yeah visiting hours was 82 the polytechnique was 89 okay that that parallel that didn't click with me when I watched it. Because you, it you makes... told me going to this movie, you're like this one. It will be interesting because it's a man targeting a woman, not because she's like he. They, I don't think they ever utter the word feminism, but essentially because she's making a very public feminist yep. point. So as soon as you said that, I, my brain was like polytechnique. Yeah, there it is. So yeah, that's wow. that's a very distinctly Canadian brand of misogyny. Like it shows that that attitudes. It, it was still there. Existed because, oh God, yeah, like, and it, that, that happened here. It so. was fermenting for seven years, and it's—I yeah. mean, it's still like what has changed really. Like there no, are memorials now. Edmonton, like one of the the hubs of like the manosphere, or like men oh, going God. their own way, or some. We we do have like some that. some rather prominent um, meninists. I don't know if they still are. One of them, I think, still is. She has a very popular internet personality. Mm. Oh. Yeah, we're uh, apparently a hotspot. So, you know, it's, um, I think, pretty sure Edmonton was pretty low on the list of Canadian cities to be a woman in. Like, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. I think Alberta in general was one of the, wor- and I mean, when you add in like the man camps, 
yep. for like the oil and gas industry and the brutalizing of like indigenous women in the areas and stuff it's like yeah that's gonna drive that way yeah. that statistic way up yeah it's uh everyone looks at canada as the nice safe alternative so polite so not yeah and it's like I feel like that that's just deluding ourselves. So Absolutely. We don't have the gun issue that America has, but that doesn't mean we don't have the violence Yeah, and it, I will say, um, like, Polytechnique was an event that actually brought in a lot of um, regulations, like the long gun registry and stuff that the Harper federal government yeah. wanted to get rid of. Um, that was brought in because of mm. the massacre at the it's university. kind of like with Australia's strict laws. Yeah. It was because of the, that really And big New shooting. Zealand's upcoming ones in response to that mosque shooting. Yeah. Yeah, it, in some places it only takes one. One too many. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I, I got very somber, but yeah, I just wanted good. to say, this movie is super Canadian, no, but not I, in a way you would expect. I'm glad you brought that up, because that didn't click with me. Uh, like, I wasn't thinking of it in that context, mm-hmm. but that's so fitting for how you've got this... He just fucking hates women. He does, and um, he hates this... He's fixed... Because she even asks at one point, she's like, why isn't he trying to kill the woman that is at the center of all of this? Why is he trying to kill me? And I think Shatner's like... Because you're advocating for her and you are showing, you know, you are telling him that she is right and he is wrong and yeah. he cannot handle that. That is a great point because this movie got banned as a video nasty, mm-hmm. presumably because of the misogynistic content. But the movie itself never felt misogynistic to God, me. God, no. Like, at no point is his actions for viewer titillation or because he's... He's, the like, the broken protagonist or, yeah, like, no, anti-hero. Like, he is condemned thoroughly by the film and by the characters in yeah, the film. Yeah, he's fucking gross. Yeah. And... Even the police are like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, they're not like, oh, well, let's give him a chance. Maybe he's just misunderstood. Like, yeah. it's like, no, like, this guy is a fucking creep. We need to know who he is so we can go kick his ass. And, like, yeah, it, it's... it's Yeah, he's thoroughly bad. Yeah. What is happening is thoroughly bad. Mm-hmm. And on, like, yeah, so it, it's definitely that, like we were talking about last week with, I brought it up with, um, like American Psycho or Mary Heron's, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a portrait of misogyny yep. that doesn't make it a misogynistic text. Yes. But there is absolutely misogyny presented and, and I commented would, on. I would say that definitely applies to visiting hours. Yes. Um, and speaking to the Canadian darkness, maybe it was my presumption of that dark Canadian thing that made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like anyone was safe in this movie. No. Like, when we saw God, the, no. the Sheila had the kids, yeah. I was, anytime there's danger towards the children, I thought, like, it could happen. Yeah, they could they're go there. They're not safe because they're, not, they're kids. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And that happened to anyone. Like, any character I thought could be... Who might be in the way. or killed or, yeah. or, like, murdered, brutalized, anything. Like, absolutely indiscriminately. And... And you wouldn't necessarily know. so tense. Like, yeah. you mentioned that it was tense all the way through the it movie. It was. Because um, he keeps showing up at this fucking hospital that's, like... Because, you know, he shows him in the, in the laundry, in the garbage disposal. Like, he, he yeah. somehow knows his way around. He knows where nobody's going to be. And he exploits the holes in the system and these gaps that, like aren't protected when they should be yeah. at the expense of these women. Yeah. Um, despite the plot holes of stuff, like how does he know the hospital better than the staff? And all <laughs> I that wouldn't even call stuff. it a, like whatever, but yeah. apart from those, I felt it was actually pretty clever how they handled some of those stuff because mm-hmm. they purposely like, Oh, why wouldn't there be a guard or someone sitting there? We're going to put a little bit in the plot that actually flows naturalistically yeah. and helps. Like when he's unplugging the, the, or like no, he's pressing the panic button. Yeah, he's on setting all the up. Dist- he's things. setting up distractions. Just and, so all the nurses go everywhere. Yeah, right? and then he, you know, the guard is like fucking sitting there reading comic, you know, reading a book or something. He conks him over the head. Like, yeah, that's what happens when you don't do your fucking job. You know, yeah. so 
Like, it makes sense, mm. definitely, as far as the, like, why isn't anybody around? It's like, well, because he has created catastrophe elsewhere to distract them and to take their attention and presence elsewhere. I don't know about you, but I definitely recommend this one. Yeah, I really liked it. I okay. would watch it again. I, it's intense. It's um, very, like, without being explicitly political, it's still very, like, very political in a lot mm. of ways. And It has some kick-ass women in it. Interesting, because... We are not the popular opinion. No, on this. we have found this that out. This has bad, like a middling score on IMDb. It's got like fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, what kind the of thing. Fuck? You got people and have no taste. I was looking up critical replies, and um, let's see here. Here are some uh, little critic pieces that uh, excerpts that they threw up on the Wikipedia for you. Um, Vincent Canby, yeah, I'm calling them out, of the New York Times called the film an especially clumsy, overwrought example of slash and heck melodrama. The laughs here are not intentional. Which is funny. What laughs? I, I, I didn't I laugh once. This movie. Variety wrote that the film, though artless, is terror grand and bloody enough to appeal to the raunchy circuit trade. So is that like a positive review for this? That it's like, it's Trash artless, the Academy. but it's trashy enough. Siskel gave it half a star and said it's yet another depressing sicky with knife chasing women picture and that just makes me feel like he missed the context of the movie he watched like five minutes of it and decided like okay I know everything that's happening here like completely misses the point of William Shatner being in this Lee Grant said do these people really need a paycheck that badly he um, actually played a really good because you know he wasn't just he was legit. Yeah, he was like he was like yeah he's targeting like he you he know seemed the least Shatner of any of the yes stuff. like he was, exactly yeah. exactly. Kevin Thomas of the Los Angeles Times called the film just another sickening numbskull movie that hypocritically exploits extreme violence against women while purportedly protesting it. And if I you say like, so, I felt like this did a much better job of actually. You're not giving him any, any credit. Domestic violence, God, yeah. Than any of but the, the a lot of these ones. people would prefer we just don't talk about it at all. But anyway, yeah, you have all these critics saying that this movie sucks ass when, and not even just critics, but also like horror fans, and it's like, okay, what does this movie lack that like I'm sorry, any fucking Friday the Thirteenth sequel has that it does better. Well, exactly, and I, I like, think that as a and, thorough fan of the Friday yeah, the 13th Yeah, or sequel, like any slasher movie, yeah. really, any classic slasher movie, what what does this lack that these movies have? What does the original Halloween, what substance does it have that this movie lacks? I will say this is very atypical in its structure. Fair enough. Slasher, but I don't think it, but as far as it's like, a lack. I think it's like, yeah. it's it follows a little more of the whole like quote-unquote thriller kind of story plotting mm, that's but true so if anything it should be elevated <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's one of those things that it um fucked if i know why people hate this because movie. it's it's centered around women and women's problems and hey you who fucking cares? One of the, the the reviews specifically called it a melodrama oh which is, a women's picture. Which is code for women's picture yeah which is yeah. code for for bitches be like mm-hmm. caring about bullshit that isn't actually of any substance or matter yeah so we see what you're doing mr nameless critic we see your misogyny yeah and you suck ass and have no taste (laughs) well i feel like we've gassed on for quite a while (laughs) so maybe we should plop our way over to the recommendations perhaps we should I'll, I'll kick this off with recommending another Canadian slasher that we just didn't have time to cover. No kidding. Looking it's, at the uh, runtime here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is Curtains from 1983. This movie, there's a lot I like about it and there's a lot I don't. Hmm. But the parts that I like about it are so interesting in how they 
really work with the slasher genre that I feel like it's worth noting, for sure. Cool. There is, in particular, a fantastic chase sequence involving someone, a a masked killer on ice skates, skating after someone on a frozen (laughs) pond with a sickle. Oh, okay, that's so Canadian. Yeah, that's a frozen pond. I mean, I guess a hockey rink would be too, but Mm -hmm. on a frozen pond? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a... Represent... I'm pretty sure it's trying to be America as well, or it's trying to be ambiguously North America. Ambiguous nowhere USA, but yeah. possibly just NA. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, doing that. Um, the plot is messy. There's a lot of plot holes. At least my memory of it, it has been a few years. Fair enough. But I remember having fun with it. Okay. And so I'm kind of uh, looking forward to revisiting it. I'm down for fun. Yeah. I want to revisit this one for sure, see if my evaluations changed or not. Cool. But I had fun with it, so any slasher fans out there, if this is in a, a hole in what you've seen, like this is Your a misspot, go, go check it out. Cool. It's, a, it's a definitely a hole in mine, so mm-hmm. to fill that, I guess, sometime soon. That's <laughs> such a weird thing to say. Um, I am going to go for one. It's it's not a slasher, but it's it's it's, it's horror. Canadian. It's Canadian. It's horror. It is, and it's uh, the title I kept fucking up for Michelle Remembers. It is 1977's Kathy's Curse. Uh, kept calling that book Kathy's Curse. Brian Collins, the guy who did a horror movie a day and mm-hmm. is on Twitter and all that. You know, his heart just grew three sizes because you recommended <laughs> Kathy's Curse. Kathy's Curse. I mean, yeah. Like, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I remember it being unintentionally goofy. This movie is pardon the expression that I trot out way too often, buck fucking wild. And yeah, pretty cursed. Mm-hmm. Kathy's Kathy's curse is upon it. So yeah, it's it's um it's an exorcism type. Features swearing children. Swearing children. Yep, I do. Um, I think there's some tarantula action in it, if I remember correctly. Those beautiful, gotta beautiful those red ranchos. leg boys. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's like you said, it's wild. It's goofy. It's um. Yeah, it's 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 a good time all around. I wouldn't it. say it's a good movie, but it's a good time. I definitely want to rewatch it. I've only mm-hmm. seen it the once, and uh, it's stuck with me for how out there. Same it is. here, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, we hope you enjoyed our little um, lead in to Canada Day. I guess, um, like I said, any excuse is an excuse, right? <laughs> yeah, we're so indecisive when it comes to themes that it's like, hey. This made the decision know, for us. I know that makes us sound like we hate Canada or anything like that. And it's like, no, life's been actually pretty good for us. It's just Canada is deeply problematic. Canada is a, as, is a violent, settler, colonial state that is not doing anything meaningful to enact reparations towards Indigenous peoples of this land. And I say this not to let it off the hook because I think accountability needs to happen. But that is definitely par for the course, it seems. Depressingly par mm-hmm. for the course for colonial... Yes. States. So it's like, yeah, exactly. It's any settler colonial type state. state. So yeah, as um, as white settlers yeah. here, we feel ambivalent at best, I would say, yeah. and like definitely highly critical of our positions of privilege mm-hmm. and power that within this place that we're only here because of the disenfranchisement and absolute brutalization of its indigenous population. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I've had a good life here, but why is that? Yeah, at, w- at what cost? Exactly. And it's, not to me, just in general, like, to, to like yeah. the fucking universe, so. And so, to lead into Canada Day. Yeah, it's like, I'm not celebrating little, uh, that shit. Yeah, there, there's there's definitely a sort of said through the side of our mouth kind of thing. Yeah, like, uh, I guess it's a holiday, I don't yeah. have to work today that day, but... 
yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry if I'm not patriotic for not celebrating this like fake ass state that was created in absolute violence that continues to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, don't have any personal investment. I mean, obviously I have a lot of investment in like my life and the way that it is, but in terms of like pride and patriotism, it's like, yeah, nope, that's, uh, that's do better. First. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's on us. When absolutely. I say do better. I'm that, not, all of us. Yeah. We I'm not really trying need to step to, myself no, out of disinvest that. from, from everything that, benefits us at the expense of many others yeah i don't even want to go to our sign off after yeah that yeah like this episode got very heavy don't take it easy actually fucking stand up for shit yeah that you believe in and for you know like what you know is good and be sleazy while you do it but in a way that's affirming and like good yes be sleazy towards the uh colonial state hell yeah the apparatus fuck that <laughs>